Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 464. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy to have you here with us today. I'm also thrilled to introduce today's guest, Christy Whitman. Christy is a New York Times bestselling author, a coach, and so much more. But Christy, I'm going to throw the mic over to you. I want to thank you again so much for being here. You know your story better than anybody else possibly does. So I'd love if you introduce yourself to the listeners. Awesome. Well, you know, I was just, I was raised in a upper middle class family. Um, And even though my mom and dad had a pretty good life, it was really just nothing was ever enough. My mom compared herself and my dad and what he made to all of her friends and all of what they did. And, and, you know, now I know, but back then it was just, everything was rooted in lack and limitation. And so I did all the things that I was told to do, you know, to, to go out and be successful. I went to college, got a degree, went and got a great job, was making great money, had, you know, health and vitality and my body was looking great, you know, money in the bank, the whole thing. And I just wasn't happy and I, I didn't feel fulfilled in any way. And so with that, I started to really seek a deeper meaning for my life. And when I started to make that as my intention, I certainly found it. And about 21 years ago, I heard words that literally resonated through my whole entire body that just changed me. And I had a meditation teacher tell me that, you know, you create your own reality. And I don't know how I knew that as truth, but it really hit me. And it felt so real to me. And so I wanted to learn more about it. And so she's continued to say that you're either repelling things from you, or you're attracting things to you. And we do this by the way we think and the way we feel and, you know, how perspectives we hold. And so for me, I just wanted to learn, I just want to become a student of this. And I didn't realize it back then, but there are universal laws that exist. And in my 21 years of searching and studying and applying the information I was learning, I literally have become just a totally different person. I can't even recognize who that person was 21 years ago. Mm. And, you know, day by day, I'm still very dedicated to doing my internal work because what I do know is that our internal selves, you know, with the privacy, what happens between the privacy of our own heart and minds literally does attract experiences that we have. And so I've just been a student and, about five years in, in applying and seeing like amazing results in my life, seeing my life transform before my eyes, I have my first book that literally downloaded through me. And when that book, when I say downloaded through me, literally at one one o five in the morning, I just had like this voice that was basically telling me what the first sentence was in the first chapter. And, and, and I got up and wrote down everything that I was hearing inside my mind. It was helping me for what I was going through. The book was called Perfect Pictures and how a lot of us are focused on all the things that are bad and wrong and things we have to fix instead of what's good and right. And I got that book published. And after that book got published, I started speaking in like spiritual bookstores and in churches. 
And I started having people ask me if I would coach them. And back then I didn't know what coaching was. I didn't know that there was this thing called life coaching. I actually couldn't believe it that people got paid to help others in their lives. And I love the concept of that. So I just had people, you know, from my seminars call, call me on the phone and, and I would take them through meditations and help them release limitations and blocks and things like that. And their lives started taking off and expanding. And so I just love the feeling of helping. And I felt so on purpose and it's such a passion for doing it that I went to school for it. And about 11 years ago, I went full time into my own coaching business And I've been certifying coaches um, to do what I do ever since 2008. I've written uh, several books, two of which hit the New York Times bestselling uh, list. And, you know, I I literally am living just an absolute dream. I have my, my dream guy that I've been married to for almost 11 years and two amazing kids. And, you know, I have health and vitality and, you know, I'm, I'm just... I'm really a different person today than I was back then because I'm fulfilled from the inside out and yet have all the things that I, I desired, but now I have fulfillment in having those things. And, um, it's just a pleasure to be able to teach other people, you know, that information so that they can do it in their lives as well. I love all that. Don't you wish, well, that I feel like an attorney, I'm not supposed to be guiding the answers, right? As a mom myself, I wish this was something that was taught to my children in school. Oh, God, yes. I wish that every kid knew this information Mm -hmm. because it's essential to life. I mean, the way I think about it, Kim, is like if you were to go, think about a child, right? They go out to a baseball field and they want to learn how to play baseball for the first time. And nobody teaches them what to do. Nobody teaches them the rules. And they get, you know, pitch the ball, they hit the ball, and then they run to third base. I mean, how successful are they going to be if they don't know the rules of the game? And I feel like teaching any adult adult or children, teaching people this information is literally like knowing the rules of life. Absolutely. Listeners, if this is your first episode listening, I am a mom of five. And I was, yeah, my husband and I have been married for six years, I think. And we thought we were done having kids. We each came into the marriage with two. And yeah, God has a sense of humor in our life, gave us one and then 16 months later gave us twins. So it's never a dull moment around (laughs) here, but I was introduced to the law of attraction. That was my initial introduction in 2009 after I lost my job, which I thought was my dream career starting when I was a teenager and it had all the glamour. It had, you know, I could have had fancy jobs in big cities I was an interior architect. I thought I wanted to, you know, live in a loft like Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze and Ghost and be. Oh my gosh, I just watched that movie the other night. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I thought that was my dream, having big money and living in Manhattan. But I, I was never happy when I was doing that job because I was always comparing myself. I mean, picture perfect, totally. I mean, I was looking at what everybody else had and how they looked, and I was just like, but I don't care. Like I never understood why I didn't care, but it really just turned me off. Like I, I don't care that you just spent $850 on a coat. I'm quite happy with the one I got at Target. But I didn't realize even still for another decade that there was more and I was just always unhappy. And then all of a sudden just snap. And I have to tell you, Christy, I didn't really understand 
downloads until about two months ago. I was taking a shower. I know that's TMI. And all of a sudden, (laughs) an idea was just put into my brain and I questioned it and I was given all the answers. Like, no, this is what you have to do. This is the timeline that it looks like. These are the people that you need to reach out to. And I got out of the shower and I told my husband, he's like, sounds like you need to do it. So, but I also have chronic idea disorders. So I have to be careful. <laughs> too many ideas at one time. <laughs> but I, I see my older two kids are 12 and 15. My husband has a 19 year old and I can see where they've struggled as they've gone through their own education with the comparison. I mean, even my stepdaughter, she came to our town. She's very artistic. She's actually a tattoo artist. And she just felt like a fish out of water and that she didn't belong. But what I realized through my own journey is that we all belong. Sometimes we just, not sometimes, we we just have to make our place and share our gifts and stop worrying about what other people think. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, that's the biggest thing. It was kind of freedom from others, you know, the good opinions of others and be able to follow our own intuition and follow our own internal guidance system, you know, that's when I find that we create massive success because, you know, people can give us their opinions and their advice and all that kind of thing. But for me, the biggest guidance is what comes from the divine within us. And, And we know that we're aligned with that because we feel good. And, you know, taking momentum from that place always will, you know, reap us the greatest rewards. I love how you talked about the internal guidance because I've had coaches who have guided me to do things that didn't feel good. So how do you balance that? You know, coach your clients while staying off the toes of their internal guidance system. Well, that's just it. I mean, the type, of co- the type of coaching that I do is very different. The type of coaching that I train other coaches to do through the Quantum Success Coaching Academy is we have all the training so that everything is about the client, so that we're asking them powerful questions. We're using processes with them so that everything is returning them back to their selves. I mean, I've had mentors and coaches do the same thing. Tell me, oh, you should do this or do this instead. And even though it didn't feel good, and I would say, you know, people say, people always ask me like, oh, what's one thing you regret or what's one of your biggest mistakes? And I honestly don't have any regrets and I don't look at things as mistakes. I look at things as opportunities to learn more about myself and and to grow. And did I waste a lot of money doing that? Or did I waste a lot of time doing something that someone else told me I should do? Yes. But what really got to me is that the moment I realized that I don't want to be doing this and that's not the right advice for me. What's right for me is this. And when I follow this, you know, and it always seems to end really, really well or turn out really, really well. So for me, the kind of coaching that I do and train others to do is we're always turning people back to their own internal guidance system. You're the authority of your own life. And You know, I find that it's a coach's job to be able to help you discover that within yourself. I always say the type of successful coaches and why I've been so successful as a coach, what and and I'm successful as a coach because of the results that my clients get is because I'm returning them back to the truth of who they are. I'm helping them release the limitations, the need to defend themselves, protect against themselves, to prove themselves, able to just from that space of alignment 
And when they do, that's when success comes through. I love that. I'm thinking about the smiley face or the frown to smiley face chart we see at the doctor's offices or in the ER. You know, what's your level of pain? If coaches were guiding us to strive for the the happiest face, you know, how does that feel? Does that feel like this side or this side? Because if it feels like that unhappy frown way down there, it's probably not what you're meant to be doing. I mean, and I'm not trying to say that there's not difficult things that we have to do sometimes, like letting go of people who just aren't helping us reach the happy. I mean, that's painful. But if we all just strove for the smiley face and the things that felt good to our heart, that's when the big shift came in my business. I couldn't believe how it blew up when I was doing things that felt good to my heart. Well, that's it. I mean, you know, a lot of times people are following their thoughts or their mind. And when you follow with your heart and your mind, I mean, there's reasons we have the different parts of ourselves. So having our thoughts and having our heart and then also feeling what feels good to us, those are things that are really important to follow. And I think a lot of people cut themselves off from that because logically it doesn't make sense or, you know, it, it just doesn't look good on paper or whatever it is. And I have found that when I always follow my heart, when I'm always in alignment, that the results always end up better than I even could have anticipated them to be. Christy, do you set deadlines for yourself? Yeah. And I talk about that too. So whenever I'm writing a goal or, you know, like you had, you had called it a deadline, some people thrive. Like if you were to set a goal and say, okay, by December 31st, I'm going to have this amount of money in the bank, or I'm going to have released this amount of weight, or I'm going to have accomplished this. Some people thrive on that deadline. Some people like it gets them moving. It gets them to create more momentum and create kind of more of an urgency. Whereas other people, it creates more of like, oh, like a pressure and a limitation So I always just suggest to people that know yourself. I mean, when you think of making a certain goal, you know, do you feel like, oh my God, there we go. There's a deadline, you know, there's something and I need to get moving. Or are you someone that gets intimidated by that and you feel resistance? None of us are the same. We're not cookie cutters and, and it's not a one size fits all thing for every single person. So we have to look at in our own lives what feels good for us and what feels bad for us. And once again, follow what feels good for us. If you get more bang for your buck by creating a deadline, then do that. If you don't, and it feels like more resistance, then don't. Mm, Thank you so much for sharing. For me personally, I found that what I need to put out there will go out when there's somebody who needs to hear it or read it or is ready for it. And the same happens to me. I mean, I've had so many people tell me the same thing. And it it shoulds, you know, you should do this, you should do that. And looking back, I can't think of one example right now. It's happened so many different times. But it was often the same thing. But it wasn't until I was ready to receive it that it just went click. It was like, bang. And I mean, I know I've done it to my husband. He's like, I sort of told you that two years ago. I mean, even simple things like changing the batteries on my mouse, it's, <laughs> he can tell me, you should change the batteries. But then all of a sudden it's, it's not him, but it's me hearing it. I should change the batteries on my mouse. Maybe it will work better. He's like, I told you that. 
like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And that's so minor, you know, but I look at all areas of my business and my life and I, I can see just multiple ways that for me, it just going back to, to goals or deadlines. I do have the, the grand vision at the end of the road and sometimes I get there sometimes I don't but when I do it's when I'm supposed to get there so absolutely I, I totally respect how you said everybody has their own ways some people just thrive on the deadlines and what's the expression and the last minute crunch I'm not thinking of the exact phrase like that they just are their most productive right up till the time Well, you know, the reason that is that that a lot of times people feel that way and that is that case for people is that a lot of times people, the whole concept of procrastination, the concept of procrastination is really that there are people that kind of beat themselves up. You know, it's like they, oh, well, I don't have the time. It's, it's procrastination really is a behavior that's rooted in lack. It's putting off things. Oh, I don't want to do it. I'm not inspired to do it. I don't want to, you know, there's like a lot of resistance that's there. And then it's like, okay, I got to do it. Like with the taxes, it's due today. So now it's like studying for the exam, you know, the night before and just cramming instead of, you know, being able to take the time and digest and learn and, and do it over a, a certain period of time. It's really, and most people, when they do procrastinate, they're beating themselves up the whole way to get it done. So it's like, you know, imagine a, a horse being whipped, you know, it's like that a lot of times that's what we do to ourselves when we procrastinate. And then, you know, by the time we're all de- finished with it, we don't feel good about it. And then most of us like, oh, we shit on ourselves. Oh, I shouldn't do that next time. Why do I do that? You know, it's an internal conversation, but it's like beat, we're beating ourselves up instead of putting ourselves a a calendar of time and and just saying, okay, I'm going to take a chunk at a time and, you know, doing it in a place that's non-dramatic. So procrastination really comes from a very drama cycle and it really is rooted in lack. I never thought about that before. And I just want to clarify to listeners that was shoulding, not another word, S-H-O-U-L-D. I said it to my husband. Yes, shoulding. (laughs) (laughs) I, I actually told my husband... A couple months ago, something completely unrelated. I said, stop shooting on yourself. He said, that is not what I needed to hear. And I said, well, I don't think I said what you think I heard. I said, we had to stop giving ourselves all the shoulda, woulda, couldas. So what I said was, stop right. shooting on yourself. And we all just fall so guilty at some point. I, I'm over shooting now. It feels so good to be beyond and I can't say I'll never be there again. Never say never, right? But when we're facing those activities that we procrastinate on, how do you feel about delegation and what types of delegation have you brought into your life to be more at peace with everything that you do? First of all, I wanted to just say something about the shoulding because, you know, when we should, it, it's on ourselves. It is really beating ourselves up for something that we did and that we can't redo. Or another way of saying it is, is should is one of those words that if we want to be more empowered, if we want to live without drama, if we want to be more deliberate in what we create in our lives, we have to eliminate words like should, ought to, have to, because they just pull our energy down because 
those, you know, like should, for example, it keeps us stuck in a role and it doesn't allow us to be an individual creative, you know, divine being. It's, it's a role like you should do this. You should do the laundry at, on this day. You should pick up your kids. You should, you know, it just never feels good. It's like putting a very unlimited being into a very small box. So I always recommend to people that, you know, one of the first ways of changing your situations and circumstances is you need to really look at what's the language that you're using to yourself about yourself. Like even saying, oh, I have to go pick up my kids from school, you know, just by changing it and saying, you know, I get to go pick up my kids from school. It might sound weird, like, I don't want to go pick up my kids from school. But if you look at it from a different perspective, they're your kids and you have kids and they're going to school. You know, there's, there's so many different perspectives and ways of thinking about things. And when you feel expanded, then you're creating the things that you want. When you feel constricted, which should, ought to, have to, it always feels constricted. So to answer your other question, it is more about, are you asking more about timing and, and how do I keep myself kind of motivated or what exactly are you asking? Well, as a, as a business owner yourself, and well, as a wife, as a mom, I'm sure there's activities that you don't necessarily want to do. I mean, you just mentioned laundry, bookkeeping. How do you keep yourself doing what you love to do? Do you have a team that you delegate to? Have you? And is that uh, okay. is yes. in, in your opinion? Is that and I? This is going to come out bad, I think, but I don't care. Is it cheating us out of a? full life experience to be delegating the ugh parts of our existence to somebody else so we can enjoy the parts that we like? I don't really think that we should, you know, again, there's that should, right? I don't think that we have to, should, any of those things. It's for me, I run my life and my business based on are there things that need to be done? So for example, like you mentioned bookkeeping, that's an example I always give, you know, there's a bookkeeping and counting in my business that has to be done. But for me to sit there and do the bookkeeping or accounting, I'd rather pull out my eyelashes one-on-one. That sounds like more fun to me than that. Uh And it's going to take me a longer amount of time. It's going to, you know, I'm not going to have joy in doing it. And yet it's, it's a necessity, So I've made a commitment, not only in my life, but especially in my business to only do those things that I love, to only do those things that I'm gifted at. So for example, you know, writing books, teaching, coaching, creating videos, all these things, you know, doing healing events, healing work, all these things are the things that I'm deeply gifted with. I'm very deeply skilled at, and I love doing them. And anything else like building a website or uploading or downloading videos to the website or, you know, bookkeeping or accounting or any of the stuff that I don't want to really know about, I don't want to learn about. And I certainly don't want to be doing it on a daily basis because it's going to pull me away from the things that I love. And I could be paying someone else to do those things that are probably going to be faster than I would be that are skilled and gifted in, in that area. I would much rather take the time to work with and be with a client than do those things. And I have found that that works out really well in my business. And the same is true in my life. So, you know, in my personal life, for example, I have someone that comes and cleans my house. And I always have, you know, for the last, I don't know, 12 years, because I know that if it takes, say, three hours to clean my house, 
that's three hours that I'm not going to get to spend with my kids or my husband or that I don't have to bring into my business and help clients and bring in more money. So I would much rather pay someone to do that than to do it myself. I'm about to transition out of laundry because I'm at the point where I'm like, there's four of us living in a house. I can't imagine what it's like having five kids. Insane. Um, four of us living. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you'd be doing laundry all day, every day, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's like, I've gotten to the place where it's like, the amount of time that it takes me to do the laundry, to fold the laundry, I could get somebody else to come in, do it for less because I'm an expensive laundry person. You know, with the amount of income I bring in in an hour and the potential for that income to go do a speaking engagement or to do a teleseminar online or to coach a client or do a healing event, that's an expensive laundry folder. So I'm actually have just hired someone to come in and do our laundry. So there, I'm always looking for places where I can just do what I love in my life. And, you know, the whole concept of, oh, well, you know, you should have to do the laundry. It humbles you. Hey, I've been humbled for 47 years. I don't need to be, I don't need to be humbled anymore. You know, it's like, I don't have to do those things. I don't have any have tos in my life. And the places where I would rather spend my time doing things that felt good, I'm willing to pay for those things because I know the value in feeling good. I know the value of how precious my time is. And if I'm doing the things that feel good to me, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to make more money. I'm going to be a better wife. I'm going to be a better mom. I'm going to be a better business owner. And everybody thrives. Oh, my gosh, yes. And I, for listeners who might be, you know, worried about finances, you don't need to be making hundreds, thousands of dollars an hour or a day for this to still work. I mean, the somebody that can help you around your house might only cost a few dollars. I mean, somebody who could watch your kids, a teenager in your neighborhood who can watch your kids so you can go to the grocery store in peace or even order your groceries online and just go through the drive-thru or whatever they have or even go pick up your groceries and put them away. That's fun in my house, by the way. We don't know where things are going to wind up if the kids help. <laughs> it's not a ton of money. When you think about yeah, what you can be putting back into your business, I mean, one of, and I've shared this on the podcast before, I shared with one of my teenagers, I don't remember which one, I said, I, I just need to remember to order my groceries. For me, that's yes. the hardest thing is just remembering to order them so that they're ready or so that there's a good time to go pick them up. And he said, but mom, that's going to cost $5. I said, but you know how much I get paid when I'm working says yes. So is it worth it for me to be chasing kids around the store for an hour? Or is right. it better to be? Well, I love how you even brought up, is it better to get to spend time with the kids instead of like quality time? I, I actually on the day of this recording, I just put out a newsletter where I made the mistake of <laughs> actually, no, it's not a mistake. Thank you for enlightening me. I gained the learning experience, which I was then able to share with the listeners about what happens when I don't order the groceries, because I took my three littles to the grocery store with me on Friday. And they decorated the bakery aisle with a jar of sprinkles from the bakery aisle. So, <laughs> And then they were all they were on the floor on their hands and knees trying to gather the sprinkles. And before I could say anything, it was going into their mouths. Right. So I ended up leaving the store with 20 more gray hairs, I swear, than I walked in with. But while well, I could say should have, I 
I mean, I could have. No. In the future, I will be ordering my groceries. Is that that's what I want to say? But I got to gain that learning experience that I could share with the listeners about how they could be taking those little moments of learning experience and uh, <laughs> making less stress choices for their lives. But it would have cost five dollars versus the twenty gray hairs. Right. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. I mean, it's just important to look at the things that, you know, there's some things that we can't get out of. So for example, if you think about taxes, right, you're like, well, I don't want to do that. That yeah. doesn't seem like fun to me. So, so I'm just not going to pay taxes anymore. Well, that's unrealistic because that's something that, you know, it, there'll be a consequence for that. So there's some things in life that like paying bills, right? There's ways of getting around that instead of having to write a check out, you can have the bills automatically deducted, you know, from your account each month. I mean, whatever streamlines things for you. But the whole thing with the have tos that there are things that you must do as a human being, right? We we need to change our perspective on it. So for example, if someone's getting upset that they have to pay the amount of taxes that they have to make. I know that rich, successful people are like, I want to pay a ton in taxes because then that means I'm making a lot of money. They have a different perspective. If I can write a big check to the government. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you think about it, it's like, you know, there's only four things that you can do with money. You can earn it, you can spend it, you can invest it and you can give it. And when you think about the government and taxes, it fits into that give. You know, if you put it into that give pile that you're giving money to the government to help you with protection, to help you with safe roads. You know, I'm always saying to my husband, we're currently in Montreal and it drives me nuts because, you know, they pay a lot of taxes here in Canada. We pay a lot of taxes here in Canada, but it doesn't go to the roads. So we're driving on the road and it's like bumpy, bumpy, bumpy and potholes and because the winters are intense and I I know a lot of the money goes to it, but it's like the roads in Canada, at least in Montreal versus like in Arizona, for example, I mean, we we're always on nice paved roads. There's no potholes. And and if there is, you know, they fix it. And that money that, that I pay for taxes in the United States, especially in Arizona, I know where that money is going. So it allows me to appreciate where I'm directing you know, my money, where I'm giving my money back to the government. And, you know, there's always something you can complain about in any situation, but there's always something you can appreciate. And in the complaining, it lowers your energy and appreciating it raises your energy. I love that. And complaining, it decreases your energy and appreciating it increases. Hmm. Absolutely. I have a question about when you have an idea downloaded to you. Do you believe that you need to act on it right away or can you let it sit in your mind for a little bit before you act? Well, I'm always about inspired action. And so if there's an idea that comes into your mind and then you immediately get some kind of step or, you know, call this person, you get some kind of guidance to take some type of action. I'm all for taking the action. I'm all for the momentum being first fueled by the alignment. So if you're feeling aligned and and this idea really fuels you, you might find yourself not being able to not take action because it's like, oh my gosh, you you might find yourself getting up and making a phone call or writing that email or doing some research or, you know, whatever it is. And so any type of momentum, any type of action is going to help that idea come to fruition. And 
there's other times where it's like, you need to sit with it. You need to marinate on it. You know, I, I like to call it meditate on it. Um, and to see, does it continue to create a sense of life force and, and fulfillment? But the thing that happens with a lot of people is that if they're told to take some kind of action, a step, you know, something is revealed that they need to do something to move this forward and they question it and they don't take that action, the energy of it will start to dissolve. So, you know, to keep the energy and the excitement alive we need to be able to take that energy and do something with it. Otherwise the energy will just dissipate. Thank you so much for your thoughts on that. I do marketing automation for coaches and I struggled for a time because I had a client who would get downloads and would say, and it would often be 11 o'clock or midnight, never the one o'clock that that you experienced, but 11 o'clock or midnight, I need you to build this out right now. And it was a little bit frustrating to me just because when it comes to marketing, I love to have plans. You know, where are we taking this? But I can see that. I can see it a little bit clearer now. I, I would just love sometimes to, I guess this is the more structured part of my brain, which is not very much of it, would love to put it, Combine a little bit more of the download with the planning, but I suppose that's diluting if we put too much thought into it or diffusing. What was the word that you used? If we overanalyze it, the moment. Yeah. yeah. It, it just dissipates the dissipates. energy. I Thank mean, you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I don't certainly don't want to dissipate anybody else's download. Right. But you know, here's the thing too, is that for me, I get inspiration and I get kind of information, if you will, it's sometimes at like one o'clock in the morning, like my first book came through at one o five in the morning. The book that I have coming out in September called Quantum Success is really about applying the universal laws, the seven essential laws to your work and to your career. And I had got that book downloaded to me on the middle of the, in the middle of the Mediterranean on a cruise ship at three o'clock in the morning. And so I got up and I had such this inspiration, there was no way I could go back to sleep. So I grabbed my journal, I grabbed my pen, I went into the bathroom, sat on the floor, tried to put a bunch of different towels so it wouldn't be cold on this cold linoleum floor because, you know, my, my kids were in one, one each in a room and my husband was in our room. We had a, like a family suite. And so there was no place, no place for me to go and write. So I went into the bathroom and was sent there for about three hours, just writing and writing and writing and receiving the download. Now, I mean, it would have been really easy for me to just say, oh, I'm not getting up. I'm too tired. I'm not writing this down and then try to roll over and go back to sleep. But for me, I understand when those divine ideas come through, I need to continue that momentum by getting up and doing my part. And my part in that moment was writing down what I was hearing. And because of that, that birthed the whole entire new book. I'm over here laughing because I can't even tell you how many times I've fallen asleep to wake up on pens. <laughs> I love it. I mean, our sheets, we don't need new sheets. I quite like how mine are decorated. They have pen all over them. Because I'll pull my journal awesome. over, I'll start writing, and then I'll fall asleep. I woke up with one in my shorts pocket the other day. I was like, oh, something hurts. And I was like, oh, another pen. Or I'll walk into the bedroom and my husband will see like this phased look. I'm like, I need a pen. 
And thankfully, I fall asleep on them a lot. And he makes the bed every day. So he finds them and has them. He's like, here you go. (laughs) (laughs) He's gotten used to sleeping with the light on. But he also bought me a a journal light for Christmas so that it doesn't need to be the big one anymore. That's awesome. You've got Quantum Success coming out in the next couple months. What else are you especially excited about right now? Yeah, I'm I'm super excited because it's my new baby. I mean, you know, I think of my babies as like, uh, or as my book, my books as babies. And, you know, this is my, I always say that this is my best work to date. And I, I call it my big girl book because it's my first hardback covered book and, you know, published by Simon & Schuster. And I'm really excited about it because I know it's going to help a lot of people because it's really about fine tuning. It's kind of like taking the secret towards just specifically a career. So it doesn't matter if someone's looking for a job, if someone's just getting out of college and they're wanting to start their career, if they already have an established career, but they're wanting to make more money or have a, you know, more opportunities and a better promotion or title, or if they're wanting to start their own business or if they're in business and they want to have more sales and more profits. So it's, it's really the, the whole aspect of career and with the understanding that our relationship with both money and our career starts inside of us. And that, you know, I show people the steps to being able to really clean up any limitations that we have, any thoughts of limitations, any places where we feel like, well, you know, I I can't seem to, or there's limitation in how much, how high I could go in this company or how much money I could make to be able to shift their thinking. And of course their perceptions so that they're able to attract a very different reality. I love how you brought up how many people you're going to help. When you were going through school in your initial career, was how many people you were going to help with that career ever thought in your mind? No, absolutely not. I, I remember it was about, I don't know, 15 years ago. I was successful. I was a pharmaceutical sales rep. And I remember just having a moment because I was applying this information in my life, obviously, and having massive career success because I was taking the universal laws and I share some of these stories in the book, Quantum Success. And people were looking at me like on my team and going, what are you doing? Because it's like, whatever, if I had four medications to sell, I was the number one rep for all four medications. And I know it's because, and I didn't have that kind of success before. I know it's because I was applying what I now know into my career but I also felt like, oh, I just don't have that sense of purpose or meaning. And so, you know, for me, it was like, so I'm number one rep. So I'm selling the most amount of medications in my region. Why? I mean, it's like, what's the purpose of it? And so I really wanted to feel a sense of purpose in what I was doing. And one of the things I talk about in the book is finding the essence of why you want to have what you want. So for me, you know, creating more sales, making more money, all that kind of stuff. It didn't really do it for me anymore. But it was like, I wanted to know that what I was doing was making an impact was was on purpose. And I didn't know what my purpose was. So I would just start feeling what it would feel like to be on purpose. And knowing that I was on purpose and really connecting with that. And it's amazing, because it was during that time, that's when my book came through me. And it was from that book downloading through me and and taking that inspired action. Because again, it would have been really easy for me to, for seven nights in a row, be woken up at 105 in the morning 
and having this information download through me and not, not do anything with it. It would have been really easy just to keep that information for myself, tuck it away in a journal. But for me, I was guided to turn it into a book and I took the necessary steps. I thought I had just seen an author in a small town that I was living in in Redding, California. She had just come in and I thought, well, she's an author. Maybe I can contact her and find out how do you become an author? How do you publish a book? And so that download came to me and I emailed her and I reached out to her and she surprisingly answered me back and said, go find a literary agent, go online and Google literary agents. So that's what I did. And the first name that came up, it was a guy named Glenn Molette. He was a publisher slash literary agent. And I'm like, okay. So I emailed him and I said, I have a book. And he said, great, send it to me. So I sent him the manuscript. He accepted it. It was a print on demand book. I had no idea about publishing. It was like, talk about beginner's luck. But I just kept following the guidance. I kept following what the next step was. And then to receive the mail and to see my book in my hands, it was like, whoa. I mean, it was amazing. And then, you know, my family and friends bought the book and none of them were really my ideal client for this book. And so I was like, well, what do I do now? I mean, I need to get it out there. And so that's when I started looking at media training to get on type of, you know, radio and TV. And I also started speaking. So that's when I started speaking in, in bars and bars. <laughs> so I started speaking in um, bookstores <laughs> and yeah, right. <laughs> that's funny in bookstores and churches and things like that. And, and it just all evolved from there because it was in those workshops that people started asking me to coach them. So all of it, because of the fact that I brought in the feeling of being on purpose, not even knowing what my purpose was, that alignment with that purpose literally brought about everything that I'm now experiencing. And because I'm so on purpose and so in the place of meaning, creating meaning with it, of course, it's about impact. It's about more. I mean, when you're coming from a very satisfied place in your life, then it's really about how can I help others? That was a purposeful pause. I didn't understand that until just a couple of years ago. And I yeah. can't say that there aren't things that I'm still working toward, but I've never felt so good. I never thought that I would say at 39, I feel better than I've ever felt in my life before. Just wait, it keeps getting better. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> like I, 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 10 years ago, there was always a dark cloud over my head. And I mean, even on a gray day in Ohio, I don't see the dark clouds anymore. I mean, now it's just rain watering the grass and, you know, it, it's a beautiful day every day. Yeah. Yes. The kids drive me crazy, but it provides the memories. <laughs> right? Was there a moment when all of the pieces together just struck you and you just knew this is it? This is my purpose. Yeah, there was a moment of being on a phone call with a person that, I mean, she didn't even hire me. It was, you know, I just said, well, just call me on the phone and I'll help you. And she had such a massive transformation by what I was talking to her about and a process I took her through. And she was just so grateful. And I knew that that was going to be a lasting shift for her. And there was no, I mean, 
there's no other better feeling for me when I can see someone get the information and shift and know that their life is forever going to be changed and that I had a hand in it. It just really doesn't, it doesn't get any better for me. Regardless of whether or not you got paid, it feels incredible. Yes. Yeah. And the good thing is now I get paid really well for it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think it's important that listeners know you can get paid incredibly like out of this world amazingly well for something that you love to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I have a philosophy in my company that there's two reasons why I do what I do. And I don't do one without the other. One of them is number one to be in service. And the other one is to make money. And so now I don't just do service without making money. And I certainly don't want to just earn money without doing service. It goes hand in hand because for me, it's a universal law. It's like, you know, we don't just take breath out. We don't go, <laughs> we take breath in. We need to be able, the, the waves of the ocean go in and they go out and they go in and they go out. And so if we are giving some kind of value out into the world of what our skill set are in our knowledge and our talents, our gifts, we're doing something of value. We are cutting ourselves off from the flow of the universe if we don't receive some kind of value back whether it's money or a haircut or, you know, a bartering system, but we need to be able to receive something back. Otherwise we're, you know, emotionally bankrupt. We're physically and energetically bankrupt. Oh, it just occurred. So multiple, I mean, you're not just talking about financial income. I mean, you can be gaining in so many different ways. I love that. When you are living in alignment and you're working with the universal laws. Mm-hmm. That's why, I mean, it's like knowing the rules of the game. It just makes it so much more simpler because it's like you live by the guidance of does this feel good to me or not? Right. And does this feel aligned to me or not? And if I start taking action that's not aligned, then I stop doing it. And that's how I, I re- now run my business. That's how I, you know, that's how I coach people. That's how I have had the massive success that I've had because I follow that. How has this worked into your family? Oh, it's, you know, it's everything for me. I mean, yesterday, just as an example, you know, kids are kids, right? Like we Mm. went out for dinner. This is just last night. We went out for dinner and my son, Alex, who's just a hilarious kid and he's smart and, you know, passionate and all that. He doesn't like hot food. So when you go to a restaurant, what do they do? They deliver you hot food. So his, you know, pasta comes and he's hungry. So he's ready to dig in and he tries to take a bite and it's too hot. And so he throws down his fork and he's like, (sighs) you know, makes a big sigh. Right. And it's like, okay, I understand you're frustrated. And then he tries to, you know, spread the pasta apart and he starts like trying to twirl it on his, on his fork and it's not working. And so then he tries to shove it in his mouth, which we're trying to teach him manners, right? He's nine years old. And we're like, Alex, that's not how you eat in a restaurant. That's not how you eat, period. You know, twirl it, trying to teach him. Taught it, had this conversation with him a million times. And he like throws his fork back on the thing and he's, you know, at this point, it's like all of us are looking at each other like, really, does it have to be that dramatic? Can you just blow on it? You know, do you have to behave like this? And so it's like all of us remained very calm. I say all of us, even like his brother, who was just sitting next to him, quietly eating his pasta and not making any noise and, you know, just <laughs> being himself and having an enjoyable meal. And we just, my husband and I just looked at each other and we're like, 
we're not putting up with this. There's going to be a consequence for creating such drama because it kept going on. He kept sighing and throwing down his fork. And we asked him several times to stop, to change his attitude because then he was getting upset and he was about to cry and the whole thing. And so when we brought him home, we had him go for a long time out in his room and, you know, choose how your attitude is because your attitude affects everyone in, the, in everyone's experience. We all have to come into this family life with our mindfulness of what our energy is like. And when you're complaining and you're huffing and puffing and you're being dramatic, you know, no, it's probably not exactly the way you want it, but you have to be responsible for your own attitude. And I went and checked with him later and he's like, I ruin everything. And I said, well, you know, that's a choice in thoughts. I said, you can choose to think differently. You actually don't ruin everything. That's not true. So I would just encourage you to challenge those thoughts because if you're going to tell yourself, I ruin everything, that's going to become a belief. And then you're going to go through life ruining everything and thinking that you ruin everything. And I don't want that to become a belief for you because it's not true. And don't let your thoughts, you know, tell you that they are. Start telling yourself that I'm good and I'm love and I'm awesome and I'm powerful and I'm free and all the affirmations that we've been telling them, you know, since they were kids. And I said, you know, you, it's your choice. If you want to believe your thoughts that you ruin everything. I said, I certainly don't want that for you. And I said, so I'm going to leave you to think about that. And I came back and saw him later and he was in a great mood and he happy and everything. And he said, Hey, I want to just tell you, I'm grateful for you. And I'm sorry for my attitude. And I don't ruin everything. I just had a bad moment and I'm sorry if I ruined dinner. And I was like, great, you know, wow. I accept your apology. And so, yeah. So, I mean, again, we parent like the universe and we give consequences and rewards because I see so many parents like especially like, I, I just want to, it's none of my business, nor is it my place. But you know, I see like, like a kid throwing its temper tantrum. And then the parents like are here, you know, just to shut the kid up. And it's like, you're teaching the kid that if they complain, if they are acting inappropriately, that they're going to get what they want. And it's going to be a rude awakening when they get out there in the real world, because people that complain and throw tantrums and, you know, they don't get what they want. Right. And then they're confused. They're confused as adults. Well, I would used to get what I wanted when I complained and threw a fit. Now I'm complaining and throwing a fit and I'm not getting where I want to be. It's because the universe is not going to provide you with rewards and, and, you know, all good things if you're not grateful. Absolutely. You're making me think about the grocery store trip. They wanted to eat the jar of sprinkles that they exploded all over the floor. <laughs> but I, well, they're I kids, right? They're kids, of course. But I made them sit on the floor and have a timeout in the middle of the floor. Just to think yeah. about what they had done. And it was funny. They said, sorry, mama. Now can we eat it? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, you may not. But yeah. Thank you for your sorry. The lesson that you share with your son, though, that's amazing because there's so many adults who need to hear that, too. We all do. We have to learn about the universal laws. I find it's the most essential thing. You know, it's almost like the Bible for learning how to live properly and thrive in life. Because if example I always say is like gravity. OK, we all know gravity exists. Right. And we don't have to sit here and think about gravity in order to, you know, be in our chairs. We're not going to float out into outer, outer space if we don't know or think about gravity. Gravity's working whether we know about it or not. 
whether we're aware of it or not, whether we think about it or not. And so are the universal laws. They're always working. But it makes sense to know that if you're walking next to a side of a building, not to walk on the top of it or go over it because you're going to go splat. So it makes sense as a human being to know that we have this thing on earth called gravity. And just as it makes sense to know about (laughs) the law of attraction, to know about the law of sufficiency and abundance, to know about the law of polarity, to know about the law of pure potentiality, to know about the law of detachment and the law of allowing. All of these laws are essential for us to live our lives in alignment with how the universe works and not work against it. Do you have a book that goes over all the different laws or do you have a book that you can recommend for listeners? Yeah, it's Quantum Success. Quantum Success. Okay, so I need to know more. Yeah, my other book called The Art of Having It All is basic about having having it all in all aspects of your life. And I talk about each of the universal laws. If you go to christywhitman.com, I have a show every single week that comes out where we got dive into and I have videos on there of each of the different universal laws. I'm actually going to gift everybody a book of quantum success when it comes out. All you have to do is go to quantumsuccessbook.com. I'll pay for the book. Again, it's a hardcover book, $24 book. All I ask is that you pay for the shipping. And what happens when you put in your information, I'm going to give you a fast start guide to help you get started right away with a video that actually takes you through the fast start. And that way you can start working with this information now right away. So you don't have to wait until September when the book comes out. But when the book does release, then we're going to ship it to you automatically. That's incredible. Thank you so much. I'm actually going as soon as we say our farewells. <laughs> Listeners, if you are driving, working out, trying not to cook dinner, and you want to go to the show notes to sign up, please go to thekimsutton.com forward slash PP464, and you'll be able to find all the links in, in the show notes. And I'd love if you would leave a comment, and I'm sure Christy would as well, down below of what your greatest aha was during the show today. Christy, this has been amazing. I am so intrigued, and I really am. You're going to see me signing up in just a couple moments. <laughs> Thank you, Kim. Quantum Success book.com. Sorry, I flipped off my cheat sheet page. Is that right? Quantum success book or quantum success? Yep. Quantum success book.com. Fabulous. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can share with listeners? Yes, that, you know, each one of us really is abundant and we have the ability to create our reality by design. And so if you have any circumstance, situation, event that you're not enjoying in your life, when you shift your perspective from lack and limitation, which always feels bad, and you shift to abundance and possibilities and expansion, things will change in your life. It is law. It has to be that way. It's, it's part of the universal laws. So if there's anything in your life that you feel kind of like a victim to or that you know you don't know how to change it, first and foremost starts with your thoughts with the energy that you give situations thank you for tuning in to this episode of the positive productivity podcast when i'm not podcasting i'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs 
I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level. Thank you.